0: Hello, this is Pastor Phil Diaz, and this is a podcast ministry of the Washington Church of the Nazarene. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it brings you closer to God. Hey, while you got a chance, check us out on Facebook at CO10WashingtonNaz. Enjoy the message. Well, it's good to have everyone here today. Uh, Today, we are going to be looking at our uh, Fresh Start topic, and we're going to be looking at the grace of God today. Because I truly believe, as everything that we have been through, we need to know and understand the grace of God in our life. And so, if you will, we're going to dig into all kinds of scripture today. So I'm just going to go ahead and have a word of prayer for all of that before we get into everything, okay? Okay. Let's just bow our heads. Dearly, Father, Lord, we come before you here today, and Lord, we come anxious. We come ready. We come wanting to await a word from you here today. And so, Father, I am praying, Lord, that you use me. Lord, use me in a mighty way. Anoint my tongue, anoint my mind, anoint my spirit here today. Uh, May you be in everything that I say and everything I do. Father, may this message be uh, received. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we can all learn how to grow in grace. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, today we are starting still on our Fresh Start series. And again, we are going to talk about the grace of God. And uh, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. That's going to be kind of our primary verse for today. But I did want to kind of refresh this again because... uh, I like to uh, go back and talk about what we've learned and where we're going. And, 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 and this is all going to make more sense as, as, as we go into next week. Okay? But we started off this year needing a fresh start because I believe we needed a fresh start after everything that we've been through, after everything we are still going through. I believe we need a fresh start. And so the first step in our fresh start was what? Following Jesus, very good. Our second step in a fresh start is worship. Very good. And our third step, the Word. The Word. Our fourth step, the love of God. That's right, the love of God. And last week we talked about the peace peace of God. The peace of God. And so today we are going to talk about the grace of God. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the grace of God? Just raise your hand. Okay, good. Yeah. Amen. Um, Go ahead and go to our next slide here. That's our blank slide, and I think we've got Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Let's go ahead and uh, stand for the reading of his word here today. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And this is what the word of the Lord says. For it is by grace, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to have church today just with that verse alone. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated here this morning. Today's topic, grace, is sometimes, um, it's a topic that can often be misunderstood. Because sometimes people just completely... Miss grace altogether, and they fail to see the bigger picture. Because the subject of grace is actually much bigger than we realize. As we see here in this passage, we see grace as that which saves us. And I don't know about you, but I am truly grateful for the saving grace of God. And this is a very, very true passage. But what happens is sometimes we just get stuck with thinking that the only thing grace does is just save. But there are so many more things that the grace of God can show us and can, and can help us move along and help us move forward and getting a fresh start within our life. And so, th- really, the subject of grace is, is so much bigger. I want to know, how many of you have ever been, been just down south? And I'm talking when, when down south, you know you've crossed a line somewhere in the United States. And whatever you think has been the same on this side, it's totally different down on the other side of the tracks. Okay. All right. Just raise your hand. Okay. Good. So today, today I almost, as, as I'm researching this topic, I was thinking about remixing the name of this, the subject title for this message. And I wanted to remix it. I wanted to call it Fresh Start, Grits and Grace. <laughs> Fresh Start, Grits and Grace. Now that's a that's a snappy, very southern title. You could put that down in Pigeon Forge and you'd probably get a thousand people a day coming into your restaurant called Grits and Grace. I guarantee you. I'm gonna have to mark that down. There's a story I want to tell you. There's a northerner, okay, who visited down south. He went into a cafe and he ordered the catfish plate. Now when the meal came, he noticed a bowl of this white pasty-looking stuff, and he called the waitress over and this bowl of white, pasty looking stuff, he had no idea what this was. He's like, what is this? I don't eat this. <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is, this is. this is gross. And so, you know, in a southern voice, he got the waitress and, and she's going over to him. She's like, it's grits." And, and she has a much better pronounced southern voice than I do. And so the waitress replied with an air of sarcasm in her voice. She's just saying, it's grits." The man replied, well, miss, I didn't order it, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pay for it. How many of you have ever, you got stuck with something, you didn't order it, but you had to end up paying for it, okay? Well, so the man was in that mode. He's like, I don't want this. I, I'm not going to pay for it. The waitress looked at him, and she started looking at him funny. And, and, and she's like, mister, because you know it's the South. Mister, you don't order it, and you don't pay for it. You just get it. You just get it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Today, you see, grits and grace, you don't order it and you don't pay for it. With grace, you just get it. You just get it. So, what is grace? Grace is commonly defined as two words unmerited favor. And that's probably something not new for some of you. There's a a larger definition, which is grace that affords things such as joy, uh, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, loving kindness, favor. And then uh, um, a man of God called A.W. Tozer, some of you may have heard of him, he said this about grace, and I do like this. In God, mercy and grace are one, but as they reach us, they are seen as two, related but not identical. As mercy is God's goodness confronting human misery and guilt, so grace is His goodness directed toward human debt and demerit. It is by grace that God imputes merit, where none previously existed and declares no debt to be where one had before. God's grace is tied more than just to His mercy, it's tied to His love, it's tied to His goodness, justice. And the one thing I know our denomination upholds is. His holiness. It's just a part of who God is. Grace is all tied into the bigger picture. Grace is more than just something to save us. Because it can do something more for us than just save us. A number of things we do by grace. And today, things we get by grace, guess what? We don't order it. We don't pay for it. We just get it. All right? So I'm excited to share this with you here today. So the first point I want to say this is grace is, in the King James Version, it uses this word, and this is a funny word when you put it next to grace, and I'm going to try to make some distinctions. But with grace, we labor by grace. And so what does that mean? Obviously, grace is a thing that we get from God. It is given to us. It is a gift. So when I say labor, don't think for a moment that there is anything you can do to earn grace. There is nothing that you can do. You cannot climb God's ladder high enough to earn it. Guess what? He just gives it. Okay? And the person that you're sitting next to has the same amount of grace as you do. Did you know that? That's that's amazing. And so I'm just going to illustrate something here this morning. I, I hope I can do this right. I, uh, okay, here we go. How many of you know what this is? Okay, who wants it? Okay, who wants it? Who wants it? It's available for free. I mean, you can, it's here. Who wants it? Who wants it? it? Okay, who wants it? (laughs) I'm offering a dollar. Who's, who's coming? Okay. There you go. Oh, there you go. All right. Let's clap and applaud for Lola here. Okay, so that was a dollar. I gave that away. There's no cash. There's no interest. There's no fee. It's free. But what did Lola have to do to come and get the dollar? She had to get up. She had to come and receive it, right? Guess what? That's crazy. Now, she didn't have to come and do some sort of service for the church. She didn't have to, like, clean all the windows or, I don't know, sweep the floor or, I don't know, do something of that sort. She just had to get up and receive it. Now, She might have been motivated by the fact that that dollar could probably buy her something out of a quarter machine or some other grand thing at Walmart or something like that. But when we recognize that God is serious about giving us gifts and giving us heaven and giving us no more tears, no more pain. I don't know about you, but that excites me because I get tired of having this stuff in my life right now. I'm now motivated by pain. I'm motivated by the fact that I have a God who has overcome my pain. I'm motivated by the fact that I have a God who has overcome all of my sorrows. And guess what? When we get grace in our lives, it produces a certain movement within us. It produces uh, a way for us to to move forward uh, with working with God in his kingdom. I want to take a look at 1 Corinthians 15, chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. And I have them somewhere on here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All right. These are verses 8 through 10. And this is what the word of the Lord says. And last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, here's the word, but by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. No wonder... Or, and he says, "No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me." Not I, but the grace of God that was with me. You see, here's the apostle Paul, and he's in this statement in this in this letter, and he's saying because I've got grace, I am more motivated to do work for the kingdom. I'm more motivated to do the work of God because I have this working grace within my life. You know, church, there's a lot of churches out there that are looking for the perfect program or they're looking for the perfect way to do membership or they're looking for the perfect way to bring people in the church and God's word makes it very easy. What's the the best way to get people in church? It's grace. Be graceful. Because when you get grace, you want to just be graceful and, and learn how to see how that works in other people's lives. When your debt has been paid off and you know that other people's debts can be paid by the same broker, by the same accountant, don't you want to share that? Don't you want to feel motivated to do that? And that's what Paul was saying. So a byproduct of grace is really laboring for the kingdom. Now, like I said, that's a weird word because I don't want you to confuse that by saying that you can work your way to grace because you can't. You just get it. You receive it. But a byproduct of when you get that grace and you understand that grace in your life, a byproduct of it is that you want other people to experience that same grace. And that's what Paul is saying. He's like, I'm laboring because I've experienced it. I've had my account paid. I want other people's sin accounts to be paid as well. Romans 8.31, we'll take a look at that. It says, what then shall we say to these things? And this is, I know uh, you hear this all the time, but this isn't important for us to learn. What then shall we say to these things? Say this with me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Touch somebody today and say, if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm serious. Go around to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? I know y'all are spread out. Y'all are spread out. That's okay. You see, to get a grip on grace, we've got to get a grip on this. We have to understand, God is for you. Not was, not used to be, not could be, not should be, not ought to be. God just is. He is for you. When everyone else forgets about you, God is right there and he is for you. The one who spoke the universe into creation is the one who is there for you. The one who spoke and became dust and flesh and blood is there for you. The one who died on the cross, he is there for you. The one who has risen again and that whom we serve, he is there for you. The one who said no to Jesus in the garden was thinking of you is for you. And if that doesn't grace doesn't motivate you, I'm telling you, if that grace doesn't motivate you, I'm just gonna go back to my southern my southern uh, wording here. If that don't light your fire, your wood must be wet. <laughs> Y'all <laughs> Man, because when we get a a grip on grace, man, we just want to tell somebody. We want to labor for the kingdom and let people know that their accounts can be paid by the same wonderful and gracious God. Another byproduct that I want to talk about grace today that maybe you may have not heard or maybe you have is that grace also helps us to endure. We can endure by grace. What do you think when God says no to you in your life? Have you ever had God say no to you in your life? Maybe just to bring it home to you. What did you do when your mom and dad told you no when you were a child? What'd you do? Did you fall down and pitch a fit? No. <laughs> did you grumble and walk away? Did you go pout and sulk in your room? I'm just going to tell you this because God is grace, graceful. And he gives grace. God also says no. He says no sometimes. And we know this. The Apostle Paul is one of, you could say, God's greatest warriors that we can read about in Scripture. And I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 24 through 28. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 24 through 28. And we're going to take a look at what this concept is. It says here, this is God's word. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. If we know that Paul was one of, and he wrote part of the New Testament, okay? If we know Paul was one of, say, God's greatest warriors, we kind of would think that, well, God would tell, if Paul had a request, why, not, why would God not answer that request and just say yes and get him what he wants? Because sometimes the things that we want aren't the things that we really need. Here's Paul. He's listing all of the tri- trials and tribulations that he went to. He took Christianity to the civilized world and there were situations where just God told him no. He wasn't going to have certain comforts. He wasn't going to have certain things in his life. Paul, in his life, had to endure a thorn. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7-9, it says this, and this is uh, the King James. Okay, we got that. New NIV is a little easier to understand. It says, Or because of these surprisingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace, see, there's that word again. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Ooh, man. I'm going to say that again. My power, God speaking, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see, grace, grace gets us through even the hardest of times. And although Paul begged God to take that away from him, he prayed three times. And guess what? Who else prayed three times? Jesus prayed three times in the garden. But in all those instances, God said, no, my grace, even though you're going to go through all these situations and these trials and tribulations, no, my grace is sufficient for you. I've known Christians that when they go through a hard time, they they just get mad. They get, they get pouty, They go and they just start getting upset about so many things. I've seen Christians quit churches before because they get mad at somebody within the church. And it's kind of like, to me, getting mad at a cat when it was a dog that did something to you in the first place. I'm just here to tell you, folks, this grace is here for you. Whether you've been kicking dogs and cats... Whether you've been here in church and service and and been as nice as you can be, in either way, in either circumstance, grace is here for you. God's grace is not circumstantial to your life. His grace is just here, and it is always for you, and it's enough. Because if God had just saved you, to me, wouldn't that just be enough? Wouldn't that just be enough? If you were saved... From a devil's hell. Wouldn't that just be enough? But God says, no, that's not enough. I'm going to give you something more. I'm going to give you my grace. And so today, I just want to speak, speak something to you here today. Maybe you're going through some trials and, and you don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're going through some situations and, and they're really tough. But God is saying to you here today, and it is in his word, he is here for you. He is not against you, and he is giving you his grace. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord, Romans 8, 28. It's by God's grace that we get this inkling to want to do more for him in his kingdom. It's by God's grace that we can endure through the toughest of times. Finally, my last point is this. My last point is that grace, we are guiltless by grace. Grace is designed by God to rid us of unnecessary guilt. In Romans chapter eight, verses 33 through 39, I think I have that up on here. It says this, who will bring any charge against those from God who is chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also an important word interceding for us. That means he's being your attorney to God right now at this moment. Verse thirty-five: Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Say something about to somebody. Say we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors. Through, him through Him who loved us. Who Amen. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I know I've used that verse a lot, but it's true. And for me, when something keeps popping up, that means that there's something that God's wanting to tell somebody. You see, as we can read here, I just want to talk to you a little bit. You see, God, more, more than anything with his grace, wants to help you get a new perspective in life. Here's a little story I'm going to read to you about a guy named Little Johnny. Little Johnny got a slingshot, and he was able to uh, take a slingshot And he shot his grandma's pet duck. So for you duck lovers, I'm sorry. Well, he shot it dead. May it rest in peace. But his sister, because, you know, there's always someone looking. His sister saw it. And later when grandma asked his sister to help with the dishes, his sister said, Oh, Johnny wants to help do the dishes. Don't you, Johnny? And she leaned over and whispered in his ear, I know all about the dead duck. So after weeks upon weeks upon weeks of doing dishes, he eventually confessed to his grandma. She told him, "Now I know Johnny. I was staring out the window when you took that slingshot and you hit my duck. But I love you. I've forgiven you. And I was just wondering how long it would take before you were going to let me tell you that. And then here's the other part. I was wondering how long it was going to take before you are going to tell me and let Sally make a slave out of you. See, our sin was taken to the cross. It was nailed to the cross. So let me ask you this. What right does the devil have to take it from there. What enemy has the right to flaunt it? Which one of you has the right to reapply guilt? What's the verse say? It says no one. With sin, we will have scars in our life. And that's a matter of fact. There's a story of a young man who was just, uh, I'm going tell you another short story. There's a young man who was just out of control. Parents didn't know what to do with him. And so the dad, to try to illustrate how much bad behavior his son had, they had this big tree. And so he would take these tacks and he would nail tacks into the tree. And he says, For every time I have to pull you out of school or uh, discipline you, uh, you know, send you to your room, whatever the punishment was, I'm putting a tack up. That tree eventually got all tacked with tacks. One day, the boy finally just started noticing some shimmering off the tree as he was leaving the school and just this thought hit him He's like have i really been that bad this whole tree it's got tacks all over it well you see the boy had to have something for him to look at to see how bad it was he eventually got with his dad and he apologized he apologized to his mother And so then he started making a resolution. He says, I'm going to try to do the right thing. And I'm going to try to do some good things. Can I take tax off? The dad said, yeah, yeah, you can do that. So eventually, he started doing things right. He started going to the school. He started studying better. He started making better grades. He didn't hang out with the bad crowd. He started changing his his life. (coughs) Eventually, he took all the tax off. But you see, this tree had a certain sap. And so like the sap was just coming out all over the place. And, and the trees just started to kind of to shrivel a little. And he is concerned. He's like, he's like, I can't believe I just did that to that tree. And his dad was like, son, that, that's the scars that sin leaves us. You could, he says, even when you change, you still may have scars. But what matters is that there's no more tax in the tree I want you to know if you've got scars in your life from sin and you just feel like you've just let the devil just pile of guilt on you here today I want to tell you in the name of Jesus that our wounds are healed by his our stripes are healed by his Romans five twenty says where sin abounds grace abounds much more to abound in sin is the worst and the most that we could or can do And sometimes this word abound defines the limit of our finite abilities. And although we feel our iniquities rise over us like a mountain, the mountain nonetheless has definable boundaries. Because a mountain can only be so large and so high and and can only have so much weight. And only the certain amount and no more. But who shall define the limitless, limitless grace of God? It's much more than the plunges or thoughts that we can have all thanks to God for his a bountiful grace grace is bigger than your sin and so here today I believe what we need for our fresh start is to understand that God we talked about the love of God we talked about the peace of God today I want to talk to you about some different things of grace But grace is so much more needed within our life. You see, when you become a Christian, you receive God's grace. Grace that saves. And we sing about that. A grace that can also cause us to want to tell others and to work and move within God's kingdom. A grace that will help you endure in the worst of situations. A grace that you can take as an anchor and plant in the middle of the ocean where you don't know where you're at, but it's a grace that will sustain you and it will endure. Also a grace that removes our guilt. Some of us still live with the same sin scars that we've had for years. And much like that tree I just talked about, we can, we can see the scars. But praise be to God... We may have some scars, but we're not living like the way that we used to anymore. Amen? Man, I just, I just love grace. I love it. Because grace, we can't buy it. You can never earn it. You can never climb God's corporate ladder and think that, well, if I can do so much good, I'm going to get a little bit more grace. I'm going to get a little more love. I'm going to get a little bit more of specialty of God because guess what? God does not work that way. The same grace, and this is going to sound, I know for some of us, this is going to sound shocking. The same grace that is given to us here today is also the same grace that God has for murderers. And and people that we try to level out a certain way. Like, oh, well, this sin's worse than this, and this is worse than this. Guess what? Sin is sin to God. And by His grace, He gives the same grace. But it's just like earlier. We have to receive it. Grace, you don't pay for it, you just get it. Can you just say that this morning? You just get it just get it. Let's stand and let's have a word of prayer here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you, I'm going to pray, Father, for your grace to be upon us here today. Father, I'm praying that your grace and your mercy will show us a new way to have a fresh start within you here today. Lord, I'm praying, Lord, that... uh, that this message of grace, Lord, just speak to us here today. Lord, if there's uh, something within our lives, Lord, that we need to just hand over to you. Lord, you had already says, Lord, that you are for us. You're not against us. And there's nothing that you don't know. There's nothing that we can hide. There's nothing that we can, you know, put in a, in a scrap barrel within our heart and life and think that we can hide it because we can't. Lord Jesus, you know it all. You've saved us from it all. So, Lord, I'm praying for us here today. May we take this message of grace, Lord, and help it to to motivate us, to tell somebody else, Lord, about it, how you paid off our account and how, God, you can pay off someone else's account of sin if we can just receive you and believe. Help us, Lord, to understand that we can endure through the toughest times with your grace. Help us to understand that you also remove our guilt and you make us blameless in your sight, which is another word for righteous. Lord, we didn't order grace. We didn't pay for grace. But God, I am so grateful you give grace to us here today. So I'm praying. May you come and and work and move in our lives. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. By the grace of God. May you walk and live in his love. You guys are dismissed. Hey, thanks for listening. When you get a moment, hit like and subscribe to keep up on the latest developments and messages this podcast ministry provides. May God bless you. Amen.